the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Seven on the Central Coast. It is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. I'm Dave Congleton. In about an hour, check with my brother Bruce, man of uh, deep religious faith. So why is he embracing Donald Trump? I don't get that. Um, anyway, he's just going to explain. It's not going to be a debate. We're just. I'm just going to try to understand. Uh, this hour. Oh, and we're still looking for Pam and Santa Margarita. Pam, we want to give you these tickets, but you got to call to claim them, please. This hour, we want to talk about uh, multiple issues surrounding the San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors. The one, the only, Mr. Michael Aaron Woody sits in with us. Mr. Woody, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm right. Nice to see you. I like this topic. Well, we like you as a guest. <laughs> Any chance you'd ever consider running for a supervisor? Uh, you know what? Oddly enough, I was actually going to run in 2022 against Bruce Gibson. I threw in fifty thousand dollars to a bank account, set up everything with the FPPC, was all ready to go, and then this fiasco took place. And after this fiasco took place of the redistricting, Morro Bay was no longer involved in that county supervisor race, so everything got thrown into turmoil. I got thrown out of a race, and there you go. While so, you're at it, could you throw fifty thousand dollars into my bank account? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The Tribune reports a panel of citizens, non-elected officials will get to choose San Luis Obispo County's supervisory district boundaries in the future. On Tuesday night, just the other night, San Luis Obispo County Board of Supervisors voted 3-2 to two to direct county staff to work with State Senator John Laird's office to write a law creating an independent redistricting commission for the county. The commission would be an appointed, nonpartisan group of citizens that replaced the board in approving district boundaries. Supervisors Debbie Arnold and John Pushong voted against establishing an independent redistricting commission. Supervisor Arnold argued that the board is better equipped than a commission to select a map. What's your general reaction to the vote, Michael? Um, you know, I'm actually kind of disappointed and surprised because things like this should not be that partisan. Uh, the reality is that setting up an independent group in order to do this is really the right way to go. Now, let me put a caveat on that. If it's being set up so you just have five members of the Board of Supervisors each getting an appointment to, then this is a pointless, you know, it's a pointless exercise to do it this way. But if you set it up in a way that allows for an independent group of people to apply to be a part of this, that can show no part of being involved in you know, these political campaigns or donations, et cetera. And then you put another layer onto it, which would include um, those who are qualified to do this somehow get put into the proverbial, you know, fishbowl. So there's a bit of randomization to the people that are appointed and um, get appointed to something like this. Then you're on the right track to doing the right thing for this community. I think a lot of people 
are frustrated because they didn't get a chance to vote for a supervisor because of redistricting. They didn't get a chance to vote in 2022. They're not going to get a chance in 2024. So it's going to be until 2026 before they can vote for a supervisor. Yeah, again. I mean, we've got that scenario out there in Morro Bay right now. I mean, it's just we, we feel like we have no representation at all. And it's, it's frustrating to everybody. I think the same thing is true in Los, in Los Osos. Yeah, Los Osos. Um, bless it. There's a couple other places. I can't rattle them off the top of my head. But yeah, there's a handful of places that are left in this limbo situation. And then with Bruce Gibson, the whole scenario going on with that, it's led to this recall issue. I mean, it's just... This is going to be an 11-member independent redistricting commission. Same size as Santa Barbara mm-hmm. County, which was established in 2019. And I know you're not an expert on this, Michael, but what's your sense? How is this going to work? You have 11 members come together and try to draw maps? I, my understanding of how this is supposed to work and what's being proposed is that the members will be chosen through like an application selection process. Um, they got to be county residents, obviously, um, without any ties to elected officials, lobbyists, candidates, and donors. And then it has to go through a process of you know, being qualified to do this, and then there'll be some type of sub-pool put together where you have random drawings of subsequent public appointment. If you do something like this and you get a room full of independent thinking individuals in there that have to go by, you know, what the state law requires and districting districting requirements by the state of California, I think this could be a really good thing for everybody involved. Now, some have come forward and they wanted um, us to vote. People would run for the commission and we would vote. Who would get? I don't like that idea. No, that's that's a bad idea because now now you turn the people on that will end up on that commission as um, you know politicians running for office, and that that's just a bad idea all around. So then, would the supervisors pick the commissioners? My understanding is that no, that's not where this is going. But if uh, but it's like I said, I'm going to qualify this. I will support this as long as it's truly an independent group of people. But if this ends up being nothing more besides just a bunch of mouthpieces for who's on the county board of supervisors, then it's a terrible idea. Hmm. Uh, Michael Aaron Woody on this broadcast reacting to what's been going on with the county board of supervisors. Uh, Debbie Arnold is arguing that the board of supervisors is better to do this than an independent commission because the supervisors have all had to run for elective office. Yeah, that's the exact reason why you don't want to do something like that. And with this legal fiasco that took place where a map was adopted then it was thrown out, then it, you know, and the whole court fiasco took place to argue that the elected officials have a better ability to do something like this, I think was proven uh, incorrect in the last couple of years here. It's, been, it's actually been shown that just the opposite. You get the elected officials involved in district, uh, drawing all the districts, then it just turns into an absolute mess. Uh, what was her quote? Uh, Supervisor Arnold said... If you have run a campaign at this level, the county level, then you know your district, you know your people, you know your community, you know your boundaries. You can't duplicate that with the legislature in Sacramento. So it sounds like this would come from the legislature. See, and, that, and that's where I, I really disagree with Debbie on this. And, and, and her and I, I, she's a dear friend. She, I, I think she's absolutely wonderful. 
But our, I'm going to respectfully disagree with her on this. This is the exact reason why you don't want elected officials involved in something like this, because, quote, you know your district, you know the statistics, you know the numbers, you know the neighborhoods, you know this and that, and you know how to draw it in a certain way to make it favorable for you or for the group of people that you want to see win office. That's the exact reason why you don't need elected officials involved in this, and you need an independent group of people to say, here's the correct way to do it. So that way we can get proper representation throughout the entire county and in what should be a nonpartisan position. I'm just concerned that all this um, noise for the last couple of years is just going to turn a lot of people off from voting. Oh, yeah. Who's my supervisor? Oh, I don't know. Oh, they're going to recall. It's like, why, why am I bothering with this? You know, there's too much noise out there. Yeah, and that's and that's why for somebody like me, my perspective is number one, the both political parties have made a mess out of the county board of supervisors, and both of those political parties should be absolutely ashamed of what they turned uh, what should be a nonpartisan body into an absolute political fiasco. Number two, it has led to nothing more besides more and more voters saying, you know what. All five of them, they're just, it's just a blanket joke. The whole thing, you, you really can't trust these guys. They've all got their political agendas. They have to go back to the parties and figure out what the party uh, elite want and what they have to do for the political party. And, and it's just turned this in what should be a very simple county board of supervisors of nonpartisan people thinking for the greater good of San Luis Obispo, it's just turned it into just a partisan wreck. Also, it's a reminder, uh, the, the incumbent supervisor Gibson won by 13 votes. Yes. 13 votes in the other direction. This would have been a 3-2 vote in the other direction. Absolutely. And, and you know what's yeah. really sad about that is that we know that, and we know that without even talking to, oh, bless it, it was Dr. Jones. Jones. Thank you. Um, without even talking to him. Um, everybody already knows how he would have voted. Yeah. yeah, everybody knows that. And, you know, with all due respect to him, um, we already know that these types of decisions were already made before people even get elected to office. And that's what's such a travesty for everybody. Here's my decision to be made next. We're going to take a short break and we will come back and continue our coverage of the Slow County Board of Supervisors with our guest, Mr. Michael Aaron Woody. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October sky This is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Michael Aaron Woody, who uh, keeps an eye on the County Board of Supervisors, joins us to report on what they've been up to lately. We've started with the decision from... The meeting earlier this week, special evening meeting, they voted three to two to send redistricting back to the table and have an independent review commission, a citizens commission, give it a try. Michael, first text coming in on the Stolberg line. I feel the independent commission is the only fair answer to the gerrymandering fiasco left by the former county board of supervisors. Unfortunately, it will cost all of us millions of dollars to have this done. I have tried to get to the bottom of two things, one of which is that how much did the last couple of years cost us? And number two, how much is this going to cost us in order to put this together? Now, I think the cost of doing this to put this together is money well spent. Personally, I'm not sure what that amount is. I'd like to see it, though. I think in fairness, that should be discussed and be part of this. But if 
you know, whatever that amount is, um, we need to think in terms of doing something that for the long-term political health of this region should be done and uh, would, would actually be money well spent. But I don't know what the final numbers are in that. But talk about the consequences of what the board decided to do originally. How did we get in this mess? <laughs> that, I, I don't know. I, I well, no, no. Let, me, let, me, let me give you some. Let me give Patton. Some, okay. I blame Patton. Yeah, let, let me give you some background on this. Um, I heard rumblings of this, oh my gosh, back in you know, 2018, 2020. Of, you know, redistricting, we're going to redraw everything, we've got to do this every 10 years. And, and every 10 years, you always have to do this. And, and as it comes up, it becomes one of the big discussions in private circles, in politics, years before this happens. Well, we've got to win this election so that way we can control the redistricting map. And, and everybody in politics knows that. So for anybody to go out there and say, oh, we didn't, you know, we're, we're well suited to do this. No, it, it is a political game. You get the political majority. You redraw the map in a way that's beneficial to you and your political agenda. And everybody loses. And that's how this whole thing started back in 2018, 2020. Well, let me go over to Craig because, Craig, you live in Los Osos. Do you have a supervisor right now? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, there you go. Things have <laughs> switched up so much i i used to know who i didn't like and now i got to find out somebody else that i don't like yeah originally well originally, i'm very confused yeah because originally the district that you and i both live in los osos moral bay up the coastline um was represented Bruce, by bruce gibson, bruce gibson yeah. that's correct i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm going to call the board of soups who am i calling now? Well, i think he he still does until it's adjudicated or i'm not seeing uh, apparently he was telling some constituents that to consider him to be their supervisor, that yeah, he ba- that he was back. Yeah, and that's basically the gist that I've gotten from his office as well, which is, look, beyond the technicalities of who the representative is, um, I think you can still call his office and they'll take care of things for you. That's my understanding of this. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, everyone knows where I lean politically, and you would think that, okay, well, I would just go with this patent map because, it, you know, it, it's like maybe conservative leaning, but... I think it is just it was the absolute worst, most ridiculous map. Why? Uh, well, the fact that you know, I'm just looking at I'm a Lososian, and Morro Bay and Los Osos were not in the same region. I mean, we share a bay, we share high schools, yeah. we, or a high school, we share a middle school. How do we not have a community in common? I mean, I, I barely go to Avla Beach, and yet, I, maybe maybe once every two years, and yet. I go to Morro Bay every single day. Yeah. And, and, it, and everyone else, I mean, we share a community. We share a bay. Yeah. How are we not part of the same community? I have no idea. That this, is ridiculous. Once, that, yeah. once you put that on there, you completely lost me, and you told me that you're, you have ulterior motives to the design of this map. I just yeah. wish we could figure out how Craig stands on this issue. I, I, I can't tell you. I, I don't know. He's on the fence. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's interesting because if I know anything about San Luis Obispo County, you have these five communities up from Los Osos, up to Cambria and Sam Simeon, um, Cayucas, et cetera, et cetera, Morbe. It is a very good group culturally and socially of communities that really work well together. And if you're going to represent the needs of that area, it's really good to keep an area like that together as much as you can. You know, it'd be like taking, you know, someplace like a coastal community and try to tie it into um, – an amazing community like Templeton, which is a great, I, I love Templeton for many of reasons, but you have two dynamics going on there that really 
uh, are completely different socially and culturally. And the reality is that when they redrew it, I agree with you, Craig, is that when they redrew it and they split my area in half, I mean, I just, I, I wrinkled my forehead and just said, look, no matter what my leanings are politically, the reality is that you're doing something that's just just a political move just for votes and numbers. Well, well that was the definite political part that many people objected to. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I'm curious about this. Would you consider applying for this? You'd be good. For the... Uh, for the commission. I don't know. I, 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 you're, I, smart. I to say, I, you're smart. You're analytical. You're not running for office. I, You've proven time and again on the show to be fair. You put fairness before politics, which is why we keep inviting you back. I might... I don't know. I, you know what? I never do that much thought. I might do that. It'd be interesting to be part of that, uh, be part of that system to do something like that. Adding an ordinance to the ballot would have cost the county about $51,000. This is the board had three options in deciding how to establish an independent redistricting committee. It um, could have been a ballot measure. $51,000. We've saved that money. But now, the county is going to be required to fund the Independent Redistricting Commission, and that can cost anywhere between seven hundred fifty thousand and a million dollars. So, because of all this debate that took place a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and our inability to resolve it, now we have to uh, revisit again, spend upwards of a million dollars. Because the county board of supervisors will not fairly and uh, nonpartisan do their job correctly. Well, here, you got to vote on the Stolberg line. I would vote for Michael Aaron Woody to be on the Independent Commission. Really? Okay. There you go. One vote. There you go. Well, you'd be... <laughs> you'd be... I'd be get you on there. I don't know. Get Jeff Buckingham on there. Buckingham would be good. Get... Uh, get you on there. Get, get, no, get Arena Korean. I'm too political. Get Craig on there. Yeah. Yeah. You Craig, want, Craig, you want Craig and I there. I'm yeah. too open-minded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, Craig would be good. <laughs> We'd all know where he stands. So didn't you hear him, though? He's too open-minded. <laughs> I, and, and that's what's interesting to me, is, is all of these redistricting, if you're willing to sit down and create fair districts that really make sense culturally, economically, and what makes sense um, statistically, I, I think that would go a long way to... Uh, getting rid of the political agendas on both sides of the aisle that are in there. With a minute to go, mm-hmm. what do you make of the fact that it would appear that neither John Pichon nor Don Ortiz Leg will have a challenger when they run for re-election? Uh, you know, I, I think I think both of them should realize something. It's not that they're not being challenged because people are waking up in the morning and say, what an amazing job you're doing. A lot of people are walking away from politics because they've had it all around. And there's a lot of amazingly talented, gifted, bright people out there who would do an outstanding job on that county board of supervisors. But when you talk to a lot of these people, they all say the same thing. Why would I want to get in the middle of that rat nest? I I have no interest in doing something like that. Now, so like I said, I know these people on the board of soups. I I think Don is a wonderful person. I get along with John great. He's a good friend. Uh, But setting all that aside... um, it's like, guys, before you pat yourself on the back too much, um, you know, you guys should have to run again for your and run against somebody who can question what you have done or what you haven't done. All right. Uh, Michael Aaron, what are you talking about? What's happening, not happening with the County Board of Supervisors? Off we go. We have California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. We'll continue our conversation, move on to some other topics and invite your thoughts as well. This is Hometown Radio. 
You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. My brother Bruce joins us at 5.05 to explain why he, as a uh, dedicated evangelical kind of guy, is embracing Donald Trump. That's a head-scratcher. It is the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Michael, Aaron, Woody on this broadcast. We've been talking about the County Board of Supervisors. Let's talk to Ron in Arroyo Grande. Hey, Ron. Hi, Dave. Hey, Ron. Um, I live here in Arroyo Grande, and Arroyo Grande sent out a map to the uh, uh, residents of Arroyo Grande about uh, changing the districts, and they... They did it by uh, allowing so many people in a district, and you had a uh, say like five thousand to uh, to fifty five hundred. It had and it can't can't go over more than two hundred and some. However, it was those weren't the real numbers, and and so then maps were uh, submitted, and they I believe I haven't kept up on it, but I believe they uh, redistrict. Uh, based on the number of population in a particular area. And that's great because you've got Oceano that is in a particular area and uh, Grover Beach. I think they tied uh, some of their section together. Yeah. They tied the, the on the other side of the village and everything else. So uh, why can't the county do something like that where it's based on population uh, and try and and uh, set it up so it is like area, like your guest is is talking about. Well, hang on. Hang on, Ryan. What do you say, Michael? Yeah, and and that's exactly where a lot of this should go. Now, I'm not absolutely 100% sure that... And forgive me if this isn't what you're talking about, but, you know, you realize that once you set up that district, you can't, you know, move lines except every 10 years. And uh, with something like this, I know that the way the state legislature works right now is that you do have... Um, population growth numbers that you have to meet for each district. They have to be within a certain amount of numbers. But but I go back to that same comment, which is, for better or for worse, the County Board of Supervisors has shown that it's inept as a political body to handle this. So we can't do this anymore. And whatever's happening in Royal Grande sounds like a good template for what should be doing countywide. What else, Ron? Well, you know, the way I look at it, you know, if you set up a district like that where you have people in the same area or the adjoining area together in a district, uh, what difference does it make if 10 years from now the, it, it, the, the uh, area grows and the county can grow, so they adjust the district then? Yeah. How, how long are a Board of Supervisors sitting for? Are they four, four years. Six yeah. years? Four years. Four years. Four years, so you know every three uh, three terms, uh, you know their the district could change. Yeah, exactly, and it changes every ten years by state law. I believe it's state law, not federal law, but I believe it's state law that does that. And congressional's, yeah, the congressional seats are by federal law. All right, uh, Ron. Thanks for the call. Eight zero five five four three eight eight three zero or eight hundred five four nine five eight three two. Michael Aaron Woody is in studio with us. We're talking about all sorts of issues facing the County Board of Supervisors and what is happening there. What about um, the recount of uh, the recall of Bruce Gibson? Do you give that any chance? Uh, you know what? I Statistically, it should have had a chance. Now, let me qualify this by saying is that, you know, obviously, as some people are well aware of, I was going to run against him. Okay, now, setting that aside for one second, I might have my political policy differences with Bruce Gibson. 
But setting that aside, nobody has pointed out to me why, in very concise terms, why should we recall Bruce Gibson? I mean, I don't think... Re- you have to have a reason? Well, yeah. Okay. For me, you do. <laughs> but that's just me. And that reason, to me, should never be, I politically disagree with somebody. You know, especially somebody who was just elected to office to serve and sit there and say, well, you know... Um, you know, let's let's go ahead and recall them because I don't like their position. I do know that the reason why they wanted to move forward with this recall at this time were, was has has to do with statistics, and it has to do with the, uh, the California primary that's coming up, which should be heavily leaning towards Republican voters, because really no Democrat voter is going to be going to the polls because Joe Biden is already the lock for the nomination. Right. So that's why they went after this recall right now. Tell but, me, I'm, but I'm not really yeah. seeing why they want to do this. But what's the connection to the primary? You mean for recalling him? Yeah. Uh, because he is to, because he's going to be recalled in the district he just got elected to, which is... Mm-hmm. Oh, and more Republicans would come out to vote in a primary. Exactly, gotcha. because, they, um, because you have a Republican primary going on. And since you really don't have a Democrat primary, it's, primar- primarily, it's primarily going to be all Republicans voting that day. So mm-hmm. that's the gist of the statistics on that. The recall effort itself, and just all I know is what I sure. come across, is it doesn't seem to be particularly well organized. Not that I'm seeing either. And I'm not seeing any sense of out there in a the community an explanation to the voters out there why Bruce Gibson should be recalled. And I can tell you, if you're going to make that case to just the voters on the street, you've got to be able to tell them it's a little more than I politically disagree with them. Because there's a lot of voters out there on both sides of the aisle who will sit there and say, listen, I'm not going to recall somebody simply because I disagree with them. I'm going to recall somebody because they did something that was an absolute travesty. And those are the voters you have to make your case to. All right. Earlier, I asked you about John Pashong not being challenged. Sure. Donald T's leg is not being challenged. But the one competitive race we have for the county board of supervisors is going to be district five mm-hmm. debbie arnold is retiring after three terms of service correct and now there are two women running to replace her there's susan funk mm-hmm. who is on the atascadero city council mm-hmm. and there's heather moreno who is the mayor of atascadero those are the only two candidates so this race should be decided in the march primary yes so Six weeks out, what do you think of that race? I, one, when I saw that, I, I was really disappointed in an open seat race for County Board of Supervisors. Uh, you only have two people running. And they're both politicians right now. That that kind of shocked me a little bit. Dan's at a task at on KVEC. Hi, Dan. Hello, Dave. Hi, Dan. Uh, you guys didn't hear about him trying to raise uh, or put away with Prop 13 or any of that. I mean, that would be... The main reason, that'd be a pretty darn good reason, actually. Um, how about he was the one behind the whole screw-up with the redistricting to start with. They came up with a, a map that was legal, and, of course, didn't work out for Bruce. So, anyway, um, that's all I really have to say. Just look at the look at the guy's record. It's totally it's terrible. Michael, I keep hearing the references to Prop 13. Have you been following that? Yeah, I have, in fact. Um, what I have tried to find is, because I've heard a lot of this, is that Bruce Gibson, my understanding 
is that Bruce Gibson is no fan of Prop 13, but I have yet to find anything. And and if it's out there, please correct me, please. Um, if anything where he has explicitly said, I'm against Prop 13, we need to repeal it. If I'm wrong on that, I deeply apologize. Somebody please correct me on that, but I can't locate that. Has he actually said that, Dan? Uh, he was in Sacramento preaching that, uh, but documented. Um, I mean, I wasn't there. I didn't witness it, but that's the word on the street. Um, I guess you could Google it. Um, I'm sure that's his, that's his, you know, he wants to raise your, uh, more taxes or fees. Basically, the whole, you know, and this redistricting thing, who's it costing? It's not costing Bruce Gibson a dime. It's costing the taxpayers, you know, the yeah, money. We're, we're paying. paying for his screw-ups. But, but you know, I, I mean, let me say this from a political analysis standpoint. I don't see voters looking at any single uh, person, such as Bruce Gibson, especially Bruce Gibson, uh, because he was on the minority on the vote, as saying that, gee, this patent map mix-up that took place in the last few years, um, I'm not sensing that the voter on the street, just the person grocery shopping over Costco, is saying, getting up in the morning and saying to themselves, you know, if it wasn't for that Bruce Gibson, this whole patent map fiasco would never have happened. And, and so I'm not seeing that argument out there. And, and so it's more than just being able to say that, do you support or do you agree with that, with that position? It's a matter of transmitting that to the voters and making them understand that that's what happened. And I'm not seeing that happening out there amongst the voters. Dan? Okay, well, you can hide your head in the sand, but those are facts. I mean, all you have to do is do a little research then. I thought you were a little more middle of the road or even conservative. You're supposed to be running against, and it's supposed to be nonpartisan. I agree. It's screwed up. It's screwed up. But Bruce Gripson is a problem between 90 Look at the water issues in North County. He says there's no water pirates. He was part of the, that whole process. Don't tell me he wasn't. We'll talk about all this, Dan. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, see, I think Dan was misunderstanding what I was saying. Uh, Maybe putting a little bit of words in my mouth. I never said that he did not or did support something. What? Let me repeat it again. What I'm saying is that if you have a position on something, you want to recall whoever, Bruce Gibson, whoever it is, and you want voters to follow you on that, then you need to make sure that that message gets to those voters, but when I go out there and I talk to people and I run into friends of mine at Rite Aid or Spencer's or anywhere else, the reality is that none of them are sitting there saying, gee, if it was, wasn't for that Bruce Gibson, this whole patent map wouldn't have gone so bad. And that's not burying my head in the sand. That's just voter reality. So in your sense, the uh, critics of uh, Supervisor Gibson have yet to make their case. Right, exactly. They're not making their case to the voters. They're making their case to themselves sitting around the dinner table. But they're not making the case to the voters. All right, fair enough. We'll come back for a final segment with uh, Michael Irwin Woody. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Hometown Radio. I almost forgot to ask you this question. Is your furry friend in need of some TLC? Well, look no further. Then the new Cuesta Park Animal Hospital at the base of the grade right here in San Luis. They're here to provide top-notch care for your beloved pets. With the convenient hours Monday through Friday from 8 to 5, they're always ready to help. No need to wait for weeks to get an appointment. Cuesta Park Animal Hospital offers same-day appointments. 
for both wellness checkups and injury or illness concerns. And for those unexpected moments, they also provide same-day walk-in drop-offs for emergency illness or injury cases. At Cuesta Park Animal Hospital, they believe in advanced diagnostics to ensure the best treatment for your pet. They also offer boarding services and provide loving care for your pets while you're away. So why wait? Visit QuestaParkDVM.com. Make the call today to schedule your next appointment. Start the new year off with a wellness checkup for your pet. Cuesta Park Animal Hospital, where your pet comes first. Michael Aaron Woody on this broadcast. If you want in the conversation, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We've been talking about the County Board of Supervisors. They want to set up an independent commission for redistricting. We've been talking a bit about the Bruce Gibson recall. Neither one of us think it's particularly well organized. I'm not, I'm not ready to kill it off now, but I'd be surprised if it works. I, I would too, and I agree with you on that, is that, you know, you still have to go with statistics. The fact it is a generalized California Republican primary, it's going to lean heavily Republican on Election Day. Um, I've been surprised before, but I would say to anybody who's trying to organize something like this, do a good job on messaging. That's what this is all about. And I don't see the message getting out there to the community at this point. What, um, back on uh, Funk and Moreno, we were talking about that before Dan called in. Uh, Moreno is the mayor Mm -hmm. and probably similar to Debbie Arnold politically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Susan Funk is probably more similar to Bruce Gibson, mm-hmm. and she's on the city council. Yes. That's going to be an interesting race. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think you have to lean this towards, obviously, Moreno at this point. I mean, for obvious statistical reasons. And, you know, going back to that, generally speaking, Republicans will have a high turnout in this prim- California primary that's coming up. So that's makes it a little more difficult for somebody like Susan Funk. The area is a bit more conservative in that area. So it is definitely, it's, it's a bit of an uphill battle for Funk. we got a Bob in San Luis. Hi, Bob. Hi, Dave. Hi, Michael. Hey. Hi, Bob. Your last caller left my head spinning because <laughs> here he was asserting that Bruce Gibson is absolutely opposed to Prop 13, but then he couldn't have any evidence to back that up. And he then finished off his comment with saying, well, that's the facts. But he didn't present any facts. So I'm confused what this recall for Bruce Gibson's about. He won the election for that district seat. <laughs> Why would he be recalled now unless he'd done something extremely flagrant? I don't understand. Yeah, see, and I, I agree with you on that. And it's like I said, I bring this, I, I do tend to lean conservative on things, but I like to say to myself, well, I will set that aside. And I don't, I don't like recalling people because of my political differences with somebody. I would say this to this group. If you have an audio or video of him saying, I am against Prop 13 and let's repeal Prop 13, then here's an idea. Go get it. Go make a commercial out of it and start running it everywhere because that would work. But what I hear is a lot of people saying and alluding to this. But if you have that, that would be a great political ad to run. But get off the dime and make it happen. So, Bob, what does a candidate or office holder have to do? to warrant a recall in your mind? Well, number one, they need to commit a crime. You know, do something illegal, for sure. Uh, you know, and it, I think it would be up to the voters to decide whether a misdemeanor would be sufficient 
or if it would have to rise to the level of a felony. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, there are things that supervise or any person can do that would be distasteful or not appropriate. And uh, it's my understanding there were some inappropriate words spoken uh, to Supervisor Arnold when she got into an elevator one time several years ago. Uh, I think it was Supervisor Hill that was leading the charge on that, but I know that's neither here nor there at this time. So I, I don't understand. I mean, you don't like the guy? Fine. Vote him out. All right. So let uh, let me let you go, Bob, because I think we have someone here who can answer our questions. Always good to hear from you. Thanks for being part of the conversation. All right, here is Eric up in North County. Hey, Eric. How are you doing, Dave? Well, good, Eric. Thanks for uh, chiming in here. We're trying to figure out exactly what Supervisor Gibson has said about Prop 13. So a few things. If you look at the county and the legislative position that happened a few months ago, basically he said... Um, the main protection of Prop 13 and a lot of other taxes is the majority, or not the supermajority vote, and uh, he's saying that's unconstitutional. And uh, from the dais, he's always he's also said it's too hard to raise taxes. So this is a you know a chink in the armor. If that goes from Prop 13, there is no more really Prop 13. Um, people in California are easily fooled at the ballots and the way our uh, they write things up. So basically, he wants 55% because that's what they'd have to change it to, uh, which would be a much easier hurdle to jump over. And then when he was up at CSAC, which he's the new elected president of, or chair, uh, he basically re- led the rally of count- of all the counties saying, let's you know, let's get rid of Prop 13. I uh, didn't realize people were videotaping. Michael? And other- <laughs> okay, now, now we go back to what I was saying earlier. And, you know, you bring up a good point. If you're going to recall somebody, setting aside my own political ideology for one second, then those are the types of things that this group needs to be running in ads. You need to have the video and audio. I mean, this is common sense. And Eric, you know this one as well as anybody. Um, oh, yeah. These are the types of things that need to be messaged out there. Or like what the last caller was talking about in terms of there was an incident um, alleged in an elevator of um, between Debbie Arnold and a couple of other supervisors. Right, and for a, eight years, Debbie Arnold refused to talk about it. That's exactly right. So here you've got a recall going on of Supervisor Gibson, and here you've got Debbie Arnold, who has talked about this privately, won't talk about this publicly. You've got this supposed against Prop 13 that nobody's put together. It's like everybody's saying, hey, here's what this guy has done, but nobody wants to talk, nobody wants to say anything, nobody wants to do anything, and then they're all saying, well, gee, we all know this, but, well, unless you message that to the community, guess what? It ain't going to happen. Eric, where is Michael wrong? Uh, well, I think their main message is Prop 13, which I think there's a lot more you can run on personally, but um, Debbie has come out, actually, in public and told the story last year. Uh, on air, actually, um, uh, on a different station. Okay, okay, that's great. She, and she, told it, she, she told it here, too. And, and here's oh, the yeah. thing, and that's, and that's great that she told it, but here's the thing, getting on the air and saying this once, you know, doesn't work. You have to take, then take right. that interview and take clips of that interview and start advertising on that and start having her go out there and talk about these things over and over and over. No, you know, exactly. Yeah, and that's and I that's think what you're, yeah. 
I think what you have is, this, uh, you know, they're trying to collect money. They didn't go in this with a big budget, from what I can tell. So they're still trying to come up with the money. And I, you know, I've told uh, a lot of the people in that group that you need to start coming up with the money and nailing them on these things. I think right now the money's starting to trickle in, and you should be seeing more ads uh, coming out shortly, from what I understand. Well, tell them that radio is an effective tool. We'll mm-hmm. take their money. <laughs> All right, Eric. I think you're on the list. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. On the Stolberg line, how is one person, a county supervisor, less no less going to overturn Prop 13? That's a good question. I don't know. But I think the issue with Bruce Gibson and Prop 13 is exactly where does he stand on this? And has he said one thing to a group of voters? And is he doing something else up in Sacramento? And if that's the case, then make the case for it in front of the voters. If you want the last call, we need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830. As Michael Aaron Woody takes a look at the County Board of Supervisors. So we agree that Susan Funk faces an uphill battle in yeah. the County Board of Supervisors, but one never knows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Bruce Gibson knocked off Bruce Jones. That's exactly right. And that was that was a really close race into itself. The uh, When it comes to this one race that's coming up here, I've seen stranger things happen on election night. But, you know, definitely, if you have to give it the overall view, I would say definitely Susan Moreno's in the driver's seat on this particular election. Heather Moreno is probably even Excuse better me. seat. <laughs> Did I just combine the two names? Yeah, that's right. Is that like one of those J-Lo moments or I don't know, Brad Angelina? What do you think turnout's going to be in the March primary? I think, it will be, I think it'll be fairly high, and I think it'll be heavily Republican. You think it'll be high? Well, okay, let me be clear about this. I don't mean 80% high. I mean high for a primary, which would probably be about 30, 35% turnout. Hmm. And lastly, what do you make of uh, Steve Garvey We're running for the U.S. Senate? He's the only, there's like three Democrats and one Republican. You know, that's, uh, I, I, I have not looked that much into him politically, but, you know, with him being the only Republican on the ballot, and you have the Democrats splitting out the rest of the vote. If he can get into a runoff, I, I think it. I, I think he has the ability to, you know, put out there an interesting message for the voters at this point. I would tell him in the state of California, you don't want to, uh, you know, run as a hardcore Trump conservative. I mean, that's never going to win out here. But you know, I, he's he's well spoken. He comes off very intelligent. Um, obviously, he has a lot of name ID. So, especially with a uh, an older generation over forty, so. I would I would not mind just as a political junkie. I would not mind seeing a competitive race. Yeah, I don't want I don't want the guy to win necessarily, but I wouldn't mind him making the general election. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't want Katie Porter versus Schiff. No, that that just turns and into McClatchy just... came out and endorsed Barbara Lee. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding! Now that I didn't know. That's... <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that... Bar- Barbara Lee? Yeah. That's not the... <laughs> anyway, always a pleasure, Michael. What do you got? 20 seconds for a final thought. You know, um, I, I guess it goes back to this whole thing that I really do support this idea of the redistricting um, commission that they're going to put together. It has to be done this way. The Board of Supervisors, as a collective body, has proven that they cannot handle this issue. Let's turn it over to the citizens of this community. Let's get it done and build a little more faith back for everybody. All right, good job, sir. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Back on the other side. Here comes my brother, Bruce. Bonafide evangelical so why is he embracing donald trump he'll explain this is hometown radio
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111